Welcome to Crash Culture. I'm your host, but Joseph Bam Smith, but you already knew that. Today we got a host of topics that we're going to get into. Um, some of them we already covered on the YouTube channel at Crash Culture TV. But, um, you know, I had a couple things, a couple ways that I was thinking about going with that. And it didn't dawn on me until I thought about it over and over and over again. It's like I say to myself, self, you already have a podcast that's been going on. You're already four episodes in. Why would you try to take that and turn that into a YouTube channel? It's like a lazy way of taking your brand to a new level. So I said, you know what? That's a good idea, self. I say, so how about, you know, we do the podcast separate from the YouTube channel. And, you know, if we feel like it, we can air it on. We can air the previous episodes on YouTube. You know, or we could keep this trend going of keeping them on your many different podcasting platforms. I don't know which one I might do at the end of the day. You know, I'm kind of a guy that once I get to that point where I see that this is getting more traction than that, then I'll make it more available. But right now, I felt like I got a good thing going with the podcast. So we're going to leave it on here. You know, um, let me start off by saying how you doing out there, ladies and gentlemen, girls and guys and whatnot. Um, today, I want to get into the BET Awards. Like I said, we covered that before on the YouTube channel, but I want to cover it some more. Um, like I said, Nipsey's mother, the speech that she gave was, to me, was next level spiritual. You know what I'm saying? She was talking to this guy, talking about um, we're all spiritual beings having a human experience. I felt that. But uh, the, her talking about the woman that was heavy, heavy busted and, and this, that, and third. And I felt like that's what, I, I felt like she lost me a little bit there, but she lost a lot of people, like, from the beginning. But, um, you know, she's now coping with, her son's murder in which this man was such a massive icon in such a short time and he has so much greatness and potential to live out and I'm pretty sure that's pretty apparent to her and the rest of his family and the only thing she could think is like you know what somebody murdered him you know this was an assassination because this man was going to do things like on Tupac's level and he wasn't afraid of it and the way the, the time leading up to his death and which seemed a little bit weird to me now that I look back at it like Higher was the last song like he did like for real for real and that's kind of like a gospel like song almost you know what I'm saying and the whole vibe of it it was like it's like Tupac with changes and into the end of time you know and uh and Biggie dying to live and you know all of these songs these rappers made and it kind of give you like an eerie feeling even with Biggie's album ready to die and all of this stuff they gave you like an eerie ass feeling like these guys knew something was going to happen to them sooner or later because of the level of gangster they had with them and the truth that they spoke you know what i'm saying it is bound they were like man all the other black leaders in history this has happened to them so it's a trend something's going to happen to me and it's going to be made to look like you know, uh, uh, just a typical killing, just some tip, somebody typically getting murdered due to gang violence and whatnot. But 
if this had been a white guy, uh, uh, an extremely powerful and iconic and impactful white guy. Let's just say, um, who's who's a white guy that's impactful in music? Um, I'm not talking about hip hop. Eminem, he might get a similar response as Nipsey. I'm talking about like a country guy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or a country girl. Let's say uh, Taylor Swift. That's like that's like the only name I know from uh, country music. You know, um, take Taylor Swift for instance. Let's take a guy version of her or whatnot, or let's just take her for example. If something were to happen to her due to gang violence, do you not know they would flood the streets of whatever area that's happened at with police? It would be stricter legislation on gun laws and all type of crazy shit. Do you not understand the impact with an assassination or a murder of her? Like you can't attribute it to the same things that you can attribute stuff that happened to black people to. And that that whole thing about that to me is kind of crazy. You know what I'm saying? And Nipsey mother felt like that kind of that that whole incident or the whole uh the whole thing surrounding her son's death. Everything about it is fishy. Everything about it is suspect. And I feel her on that. You know what I'm saying? And I respect her for, like I say, getting up there, having the strength to talk about it. Like I said before. Um, But after that, you know, the performances by the artists in tribute to Nipsey. um, Marsha Ambrosia, that was a great performance. Um... Higher was a great performance and like I said on uh, Crash Culture TV uh, or like my friend Rashad said my co-host Rashad said like he don't know what the hell YG was doing I felt like I didn't know what the hell YG was doing too a little bit like his energy that he was giving wasn't really there you know what I'm saying it was like he was going in and out with the mic and then he had two guys up there I'm sure they were Nipsey friends or they was friends of YG and Nipsey but nobody knew who the hell they was and like I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. If Snoop Dogg would have got up there in place of Nipsey and performed the song, that would have been more iconic to me. That would have been amazing to me. That would have that would have like blew the roof off of the tribute to Nipsey Hustle. And that would have been like the best performance of the night. You know what I'm saying? Just stand in place of him. I'm not saying like he got to be him or he got to know the words or sound like Nipsey. Hell, he could do his own little bar to it. You feel me? But just to have him up there as a symbol of Nipsey because he reminds so many people, or Nipsey reminded so many people of him, you know, it would have been it would have been great. You see me? So uh, yeah, that's that's really how I feel about that. You know, long live King Nip, R.I.P. or rest in power, that man. And like his mom said before, his physical body may have died, but his spiritual baby was being born. His spirit is being reborn into this universe because he has such a great and impactful spirit. And he is an inspiration to me. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, why it gave me the confidence to do all of the things that I wanted to do. I've always had the talent and ability to create. And seeing a man like him with his knowledge and wisdom to go along with all of the many influences we have in our black community, it just gave me the confidence to just like do it because that's all he talked about in all of the interviews. Me being a fan of him, listening to him, you know, and being a fan of Tupac and listening to Tupac, like 
they was like all about action. You know what I'm saying? And that that really give you confidence. You know, just seeing young black men do it, coming from the same situation, give you confidence. Well, yeah, that was really I, I really applaud BET for that, giving them that tribute slash celebration. They even made the the carpet blue instead of red. You know what I'm saying? And honor him. That was cool. He have a beautiful family too. They got some great genetics because his sister, oh my God, she is beautiful, bro. Samantha, she is beautiful, bro. You know what I'm saying? Not no perverted kind of way like Kodak, you know what I'm saying? Even though that's his sister, they ain't his wife or, or his wifey or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm still not going to put that in my mind to be like in perverted ways talking about his sister. I have respect for him and his family still to this day and will always have respect for him and his family to this day um yeah next I want to talk about the other performances that went on in the BET Awards like uh like which one was the best out of them oh but first let me talk about the Tyler Perry uh speech that he gave for his uh I think it was a lifetime achievement award something like that some 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 award. I think it was lifetime achievement. I'm not sure. Double check. But uh Tyler Perry got up there and um he accepted this award and he gave such a powerful speech and he's another inspiring black icon. You know, he was talking about he helping other people cross with with just the things that he was doing. And um it, it was really amazing how he got up there and he spoke and, and the things he was saying. And to me, it just made it all the more sweeter uh, with the whole thing being a celebration of Nipsey's life that Tyler Perry would get up there and talk about his path and how he's trying to inspire all of these black children and stuff like that and young men and women. So, um, yeah. But uh, coming up on the next part of the segment, I'm going to talk more about uh, the rest of the performances, the highlights of the night, and, you know, just the general stuff from BET. And then um, we're going to get into the next segment where I'm going to talk about all of these racial injustices that still plague our community and solutions to these things that we could come up with and we could think about not that not not to be outdone by some of my reviews on some of the new movies that we got coming out because it's like we going back in the future to the 90s again and this stuff is crazy yeah but that's coming up on next segment of crash culture the podcast show All right, more more thoughts on the performances from the night from the BET Awards. Uh, the Migos are the first thing that comes to mind because of that song Pure Water being such a big hit and that set design, like I said in the YouTube uh, episode of Crash Culture. Um, like, I'm at a loss. I'm almost at a loss for words with, like, the water coming down. Like, I don't know how the hell they did that. If somebody know how they did that, can you please tell me? Send me a DM on Instagram at Bam Benno. Uh It just, it was amazing to me to see all of that stuff coming down like that. And then Cardi and Offset's performance, 
with offsets doing the break dancing and all of that. That was really, really cool. So the Migos really outdid themselves in their performances on the night. Um, what else was cool about the night? How many, what other performances? Lil Nas X performances was cool. Uh, even though the country people that, that don't like him, you know, took his song off the country billboards, you know, because we still live in a racist country, you know. That's the thing about America. That's never gonna go away, and it's always it's now more apparent than ever, you know, about systemic racism, or uh, racial biases, and all of the things. Like this is the ugly thing that we would we as a country have been trying to run away from for so long, but it pops up every time. It's like that ugly ex-girlfriend that'll never go away until we deal with it, we embrace it and deal with it. You know, it's just gonna keep on popping up all over the place. And Lil Nas X deserved to be on the hip hop billboards and the country billboards because that song is is a blend. It's a crossover song of hip hop and country. At first, I thought it was a joke and it was like a cool, funny joke. But that beat hit, and then he got Billy Ray Cyrus on it to certify it as a country song. So, you know, like I don't agree with what they did with the, with the young man's song and taking it off the country charts. But he's still getting paid. He's still making money. I don't know if he's going to be a one-hit wonder or he's going to come out with more crossover music like that or whatnot, whatever he's going to do. But I wish him all the best in his uh, career, his young career right now. Um, other performances that highlighted the night. Uh, who else? Who else? Those are the ones that blew me away. Those are the ones that really kind of blew me away. I don't know how many of them. With like highlights of the night like when it comes those are the only ones that come to the top of my head and Regina Hall's performance Regina Hall's performance with Taraji P. Henson and um yeah that yeah 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 that was fire that was fire they they opened a monologue with that like that was really really cool you know, I don't know if it's an open monologue or a mid-show because I only watched the highlights of the show. But that was really, really cool. And, you know, Regina Hall got a fat ass, bro. Taraji P. Henson got a fat ass, but Regina Hall got a fat ass and some big tits. You know, that was really, yeah. Yeah, Regina Hall, my new crush. You know, I used to like, I used to have a celebrity crush on, on Holly, Holly Berry, you know, and uh, Holly Berry kind of, you know, got really, really old. Regina Halls doesn't look that old. I used to have a crush on, um, what's her name? The one from Friday. Uh, damn, it's been that long. I even forgot her name, bruh. She ain't been coming out with no, no movies in a minute. Nia Long, Nia Long. I used to have a crush on her too. One female that'll never go away from me is Rihanna. Until Rihanna, like, you know, like, until she start to fall off, which I doubt that because she's into beauty and she's into fashion. So I doubt she start her look start to fall off. But uh, Rihanna's going to be always number one on top of the list. You know, even though she gets a bad rap for all of the men that she dated and whatnot and this and the third. Most, uh, no, nah, I ain't going to say most. All straight men in general would love to be with Rihanna you gotta like what are we talking about here like 
It's Rihanna, bro. But anyways, um, yeah, that's it when it come to that. Um, like I said, uh, BET Awards was real cool, man. Real cool, especially because they made it a celebration of Nipsey Hussle's life. So, yeah, I really like that. Moving on to the next topic. Um, yeah, there's a lot of racial injustices that go on in America. Uh, today is no different than the next. You know, you got black men who are accused of rape and getting sentenced to 12 years in prison while you got white guys like Brock Turner getting off scot-free. And you got other black men who are literally innocent. And, you know, it's like on the eve of Emmett Till, you know, on the anniversary of Emmett Till's death, we still got this going on 50 years later. You know, it just proves that not a lot has changed. You know, even Trump, you know, being in the White House is just like a, a, a representation of how much America don't really give a fuck about what goes on. And in our, like we covered in our Juneteenth episode, uh, they won't really acknowledge the impacts of slavery and segregation and Jim Crow and all of these other things systemically that have happened to the black community have really have a, a great impact on us still to this day. You know, America doesn't want to recognize that and try to really amend it. Uh, they have apologized for it. America has apologized for it, but how far does an apology go? If I break your leg right now, if I break your motherfucking leg, and I tell you, I'm sorry afterward. Is that going to fix my leg? Or is time and spending money going to a doctor going to fix my leg? Me spending my own money and putting my own time equity into this. And then the bone might never heal back the same. Because once you broke something, you're going to always have pain. And then you're talking to a guy that broke a lot of bones. So I know once you break something, you're going to always have pain there. So you don't think once you broke the black community and the black home into a million different pieces, a million different ways, and you continue to do it over hundreds of years, you don't think that we gonna still feel it? You fucking insane. But, you know, it is what it is at this point. We still have to work on building our own community and building our own power base. And this is how our voices get heard in these many different ways on these many different platforms. Because there are a lot of cases and a lot of incidents of police brutality going on every day there's a lot of cases of how the system is biased to white men that commit the same crimes as black people you know over 40 percent of the prison population is african-americans you know what i'm saying while we only make up 18 percent of the united states population you know and that's facts from today you know what i'm saying this is not like what happened in the past this is what going on today you know so like and it's like almost like we don't really care like like it's insane if it don't really affect us like of Joe Blow and Susie Q if it, the, the things that go on in reality today and what goes on around this country today if it don't have a real impact on us as individuals we don't really care about it it don't really bother us you know what I'm saying? And we got to change that. We got to start working on ourselves and our communities to build each other up and build, you know, a power base. So our children looking into the future can be stronger and have a, a better life.
you know, so that's that when it comes to that. Um, coming up next, we're going to talk about the draft, Zion Williamson, free agency, what, what, who, what moves, what more moves, if you can call them moves, are the Lakers going to make because Anthony Davis was handed to them, but whatever, in the motherfucking Miami Heat, Ooh. I'm so mad at Pat Riley and the Miami Heat. This Tyler Hero dude better be better than Luka Doncic. I'm telling you, he better blow me the fuck away. He better blow me the fuck away, bro. But I got a feeling he gonna be another Tyler Johnson, and we just wasted another year in the draft. And Miami just is not gonna get it right until Pat Riley retire. You know what I'm saying? We not gonna find the, and even then we not gonna find a great. It's almost like they starting to mirror the Dolphins, and everybody that knows me knows how much I can't stand the Dolphins. So uh, yeah, that coming up on the next segment. All right, ladies and gentlemen. As much as it dreads me to cover these sorry-ass Lakers and these bronze sexuals, you know, they are really the only team in the NBA right now making moves in the offseason. So I guess I'll talk about it. Uh, AD signed there. He was, well, I'm not going to say he signed there. He was strong-armed by Rich Paul and Clutch Sports and forced into signing with the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, like, like I said before, it makes sense for him. It ain't gonna make sense for a Kawhi or a KD, but it makes sense for AD. Whatever. Um, they talking about getting D'Angelo Russell back again. To me, that's crazy as fuck, bro. D'Angelo Russell is a shoot first point guard. You know, it's almost like having a um, like. Who, who's a shoot first point guard, but not really that great of a shooter and like over hyped? Uh, shit. One person I could say is definitely um, James Harden resembled a shoot first point guard. Oh, a Russell Westbrook basically with a better shot and worse defense is kind of like what D'Angelo D'Angelo Russell is going to be like a Russell Westbrook you know but Russell Russell Westbrook has better defense and more explosive athletically you know what I'm saying D'Angelo Russell just has a better shot than him you know LeBron hey he works good with shooters so it could be good for him and LeBron's going to put him in position to score but uh, Magic Johnson's talking about he's matured and he approved it and all of this bullshit that Magic Johnson... Magic Johnson's been saying a lot of bullshit. That's another reason why I don't too much like the Lakers now as of recent either. You know, you say, when you have your legends come say bad-mouthing the team and all of this, that, and the third because things didn't go 100% right, he traded D'Angelo Russell for Alonzo Ball given he didn't know LeBron was going to go there, but he got rid of him for Lonzo Ball who couldn't shoot. Of course, Lonzo Ball is a more, like if, if the Lakers were planning on building through the draft and building a team with a young nucleus, I mean, Lonzo Ball could have been serviceable. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if he would have been great. I don't know if he would have ever been along Magic Johnson's 
mold. I don't know if he's too much cut from that cloth. But um, Lonzo Ball would have been pretty decent for them. He's a great defender for point guards, you know, or, or at the guard position, period. You know, he's long and he's quick and he's athletic. You know, he showed that in high school, college, and the NBA. He's long, quick, and athletic. We all know that. You know, um, he has great court vision. His only knock is shooting. You know, and that's very important for a point guard. And it's like they traded that now for uh, for possibly what I'm not saying that D'Angelo Russell's going there because what they're looking at is Kyrie Irving, in which Kyrie Irving is a, a couple steps above uh, D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie Irving can play defense when he wants to and he's proven he's proven but um yeah D'Angelo Russell wouldn't be too bad I think Kimba Walker all of that consideration of Kimba Walker would have been a bad move for them because you got another defensive liability if that's the case get go get Isaiah Thomas for Denver it's a whole lot cheaper but um yeah Kimba um D'Angelo Russell, to me, it's it's those two things are a toss up. Um, like I said, it could be good for them to get D D'Angelo Russell, but uh, D Low, but I just don't, I don't, I don't hope. I'm not in love with that idea, especially since Magic Johnson traded him away for Lonzo Ball, you know, and now he's want to he want to talk about him. Oh, he's mature, he's grown because he played good on another team that ain't have shit. And he basically helped make the play, made the playoffs with them. So, you know, and to but to say that he matured is a long, wide and far stretch. Because I mean, he just got caught with marijuana at a New York airport like a month ago, like a like a, like a month before the season ended, he got caught with that. Like, so he can't be too much more mature. And then what you're talking about, Magic? So, like, knock it off. But um, yeah. I, to be honest with you, I don't know what the Lakers gonna do. I don't give a fuck with LeBron James and Anthony Davis alone. That's not enough to win a championship unless you're playing against a weak Eastern Conference team. And some some things go your way in the West because the West still has James Harden on the Rockets. You still have Russell Westbrook and uh, Paul George and OKC, which is formidable. Which is a lot of people sleep on. But if Russell Westbrook can figure it out and they can get maybe another another solid piece then that team could go to the next level. Kawhi, we don't know where he's going to go at the end of the day. Like I said before, I I if I were him, I'd go back to Toronto. Um you know, they'll love you forever. You you won't have to spend a dime of your own money in that country for as long as you live probably. So if I'm him, I go back. Um but if he goes to the Clippers, then the Lakers not even going to be the most talked about team in Los Angeles anymore. So that throw that that wiped that out the window. And a lot of people sleep on Sacramento. Sacramento showed a lot. And at one point they was a playoff contending team and then they just fell apart. I don't know for whatever fucking reason. You know, the West is tough, man. The West is tough. You got them young guys in uh Phoenix with uh Devin Booker leading the show. Oh, and did I mention Zion Williamson is now a New Orleans Pelican to go along with that young nucleus that they traded for it in order to get uh, Anthony Davis in Los Angeles. Brandon Ingram's in New Orleans. 
We don't know if Julius Randle's going to stay, but that would be good. Um, they have a, a lot of guys that would be former teammates would be playing on the same team, so they already have that chemistry and camaraderie. And then you add an explosive talent like Zion Williamson, who's supposed to be uh, like LeBron James, if he's better than advertised or he, he at least lives up to a little bit of those expectations that they advertised him as. He, to me, all of this hype surrounding him, he better have a better season than Luka Doncic had last year. He must. He must, or he's an immediate bust to me. I don't give a fuck what they say. I don't care what the what the, the uh, GM says. I don't care what the owner says. I don't care what Zion say. All of the hype surrounding you, the reason why you went number one, just like all of the hype surrounding Lonzo, bro, you got to do better than the rookie of the year from last year, period. You know, but um, that's that when it comes to that. Uh, looking around the NBA, you got Jimmy Butler talking about going to the Rockets and signing with them. Like I say, the West ain't no cakewalk. And LeBron James and Anthony Davis, just because they two are the best at their position, don't mean that they're going to walk through the West just because they team up. They need some more, some other pieces because Kyle Kuzma is suspect. And that whole defensive lineup that they're going to have outside of AD is going to be suspect because LeBron's defense fall, fell off. Kyle Kuzma defense ain't shit. And uh, who else you got? You know what I'm saying? If you put uh, D'Angelo Russell, his defense ain't shit. So... You know, like, you're going to have, like, three guys who really can't defend. You know what I'm saying? And two guys that can actually stick defense, that ain't going to work. They're going to have to be a high-scoring team. That's pretty much all I got to say when it comes to that. Um, Miami, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, the Miami Heat pissed me off. They don't do nothing in free agency. Pat Riley is still talking about this fucking Deion Waiters guy in which I cannot stand. Stand him. If any, I've been talking, if anybody knows me, I've been talking about how Miami wasted their money on D'Angelo Russell. Now it's been like three years going on. Like this, this that's been a motherfucking waste of money. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't agree with them giving him money. I felt like they should have let him go after his first contract with them. Like why are you keeping him? He's been injured almost every year since he's been there. What they went on the thirty and something run? With him coming back, they was running on th testosterone, and they still ain't make the playoffs that year. So Miami has been underachieving year after year. You know what I'm saying? Supposed to start to look real, real bad to me. He was starting to look like, like, you know, the only reason why he even won championships is because of LeBron, and I'm pretty sure that's the only reason why he won is because of LeBron. So, um, yeah, I don't think he really coach. You know, unless you give him great players, he can't really coach, you know. But I gave him credit because the system that he designed was all about spacing. And that was an obvious thing when you got the two slashes like D-Wade and, Le and LeBron. You got to have spacing. But, um, yeah, he didn't do enough for Chris Bosh. You feel me? His game. Chris Bosh had to make the changes to his game on himself, becoming more of an outside shooter and a better defender. But uh, they just put, they just handed uh, Spolstra a championship. But like now, nah, Pat Riley just been giving him doo doo to work with. Bam Adebayo, he's giving you a bright spot. Josh Richardson, he's still on his. I think is he still on his rookie deal? Yeah, I think he's still on his rookie deal. I think it's the last year of it. But um, he's been on and off. 
And Justice Winslow is completely suspect. When they were drafting him, I texted one of my friends at the time, before they even drafted Justice Winslow. To me, that was the only, that was right after LeBron left. I said, this is the only guy in the draft at the small forward position. You know, I was believing in the hype too. He played for Duke, just like Zion, was a lefty, just like Zion. And there was high praise about his defense and his offense ability to drive the lane and score and whatever. And I think that was the year Duke won the national championship. So there was a lot of talk being made about Justice Winslow. So I'm like, okay, that could be the guy plays LeBron. We draft Justice Winslow. I'm happier than a, 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 a fat bitch at the Golden Corral. You know what I'm saying? And Justice Winslow gets there and for like two seasons is a complete bum. Well, no, no, I won't say for two seasons a complete bum. One year, I think like the first year with him and Josh Richardson, they did all right in the playoffs. But Justice Winslow became a bum in that Toronto series in which Whiteside went out for like one game and he didn't show up for shit. So, and for the rest of the playoffs, he didn't show up for shit. And then a, a few seasons later, he didn't show up in the Philly series. You know, so Justice Winslow's been a complete wash to get rid of him. You know what I'm saying? It only take you from the day that you draft a rookie two to three years. Two to three years, if they ain't showing you all-star caliber potential, get rid of them. If they ain't even showing you that they're a consistent uh, supplementary part, get rid of them. Um, and they have not shown none of that outside of Josh Richardson having his little games here and there. You know what I'm saying? All of the rest of the young guys that they get on that team ain't been shit, and they have to trade them away. Like Tyler Johnson, like James Ennis. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have to trade these guys away because they could wind up being trash. You feel me? Uh, Hassan Whiteside got this big-ass contract, and they ain't do shit. He let Joel and B shine on him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's been a complete embarrassment. And... You know, it's ridiculous. Like, you think you're going to replace Dwayne Wade with this white boy out of uh, uh, what, what, fuck, what fucking school he went to? Uh, Kentucky? You know, he wasn't even really the, be really was the best player on his team. I don't even think he was really the best player on his team. He could have been. But I don't think he was. Uh, I I'll say this in his defense, though. I seen him play a little bit. He got a nice little shot. He got his shot mechanics look smooth. So maybe, maybe. I don't know, man. I just don't like it though. I, I don't like that as a replacement for Dwayne Wade. I don't like that as a replacement for the franchise player. You know what I'm saying? The guy who's carried Miami for over a decade. I don't like this guy coming in and replacing him because he doesn't have that type of skill level or that, that type of potential, superstar potential that D-Wade has had. And it's not just because he's a white boy, but it's because he doesn't have that athleticism. He doesn't have that craftiness because Luka Dondich is a white guy and he has craftiness. You know what I'm saying? He's not super athletic, but he's crafty. Uh, Mono Ginobili, crafty. You know what I'm saying? What you don't have in athleticism, you got to make up for in your craftiness. And I have to be able to see it. I have to be able to see it in college. I have to be able to see it, it, it like somewhat translate to, in order for it to translate to the NBA. I have to be able to see it at some point in your basketball career, whether it be high school or college. You know what I'm saying? Especially in college, though. 
because that's right before you get to the NBA. So I have not seen it, and I don't think it's there, but his shot might save him. If he's a, 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 a 35 to 36% shooter, you know, coming straight out the gate, that might save him. He might be like Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson don't flash you or amaze you or wow you with his athletic ability, but his shooting is so great, you know, it make you think in your mind he could lead a team like that. You feel me? So, um, yeah, but that, that, that's what's been really grinding my gears with Miami, you feel me? Like, they get this Tyler Hero guy, and he better be magnificent, boy, because I've been really sick of Pat Riley these past couple of years. You know, a lot of people don't want to say it, like I said, because he the Don, dun, dun, dun. he bought us up first three tennis. And I don't give a fuck, bro. It's about what have you done for me lately, okay? The NBA is a business, all right? It's a business. It's in the business of pleasing fans, okay? That's how they get butts in them seats and that's how they sell tickets to season ticket holders all right that's how they market the franchise i seen that when i went to the parade and lebron and, and d wade and chris boss drove out on that float and just did that one flyby and flew back into the arena and they got back to the season ticket holders you feel me they ain't want to uh, uh, participate in the fanfare of being in a parade a championship parade you know what i'm saying they just did they one little lap went back in and that was it you feel me the whole parade Probably them riding up and down the street probably lasted for 45 minutes. Took us two hours to fight through that traffic. Took us three hours to fight out of that traffic just for 45 minutes of watching LeBron James and D-Wade pass by on the floor. I don't even remember. I don't even know if I got the video saved still of that parade. You know what I'm saying? So that shit was crazy. And, and like, that's why I say, like, I, I don't have no remorse for these players, bro. I don't have no, ain't nothing about me feel sorry for them bro they're getting paid millions of dollars they must win okay if you don't win you get traded you get somebody else in there young and talented and who could develop into a great player that's just how i look at it you feel me but yeah pat riley fucking up lonzo too because he that's that's his little sidekick you know what i'm saying they need to get it together All right, um, new movies coming out. Well, one movie that came out already was uh, Men in Black with Tessa Thompson and um, your boy Thor from uh, Avengers. Ah, uh, that movie looks like it's gonna be trash. I'm not gonna waste my money on watching it. They don't got Will Smith in it, so fuck it. Uh. Aladdin was going to be trash. I knew from the start, bro, because Will looked weird. Like I said, Jasmine and uh, Aladdin actually don't look like they're from the Middle East. They look like they're Hispanic. Um, the Lion King is coming up. I know this, like, this nostalgia thing, like, I feel like we're in the 90s again with all these fucking movies coming out. You know what I'm saying? Only thing I do is release another Back to the Future movie and boom, we back in the 90s. Like everybody's trying to play on this nostalgia feel, even down to the video games with Call of Duty Modern Warfare coming out. And instead of them calling it Modern Warfare 4, they're just calling it Modern Warfare. You know, like it, it, this, this got to stop us trying to relive the 90s. We have to reinvent and be innovative today. Like... All of the 90s was good. It was the like golden era, golden era of 
music, golden era, golden era of television, movies, and everything. And that's a lot of the reason. A lot of reasons for that is black culture. A lot of reasons why '90s was such a sparkling, glimmering moment in history was because of black culture. I'm just being honest about it. Like, it is, and it isn't that crazy, and that's so ironic that. The thing that the era that was an impetus of America's greatness as a country was the era in which black people really made their mark in this culture as being such great beings with so much talent. You know what I'm saying? Jordan was popping. Uh, um, Will Smith just became popping. Uh, Denzel Washington was popping. Like, we was everywhere. We were everywhere. Television, movies, music. We was all over the place. Tupac, Biggie. Everywhere we were popping, bruh. In America society. In pop culture. We were at our biggest and brightest. Michael was still alive. You know, it was amazing. And they're trying to recreate that, but kind of leave the black culture out of that. You know what I'm saying? And that's what made that whole time great. You feel me? Like, it's like everything in this country. You know, they steal it from us after we didn't made it cool and we made it hot. And they try to reuse it and repurpose it. You know, like the Gods of Egypt movie with this whitewashing cast. But um, another movie that's coming out. Oh, it was like a Bonnie and Clyde movie. I think Jordan Peele's making it. I don't know if he's the director. I don't think he's the director. But the guy from Get Out and um, I forget the name of that girl. She got a weird. Issa Rae is in this new movie. And I want y'all to look at the trailers and go see the movie when it come out. It's Queen and Slim. I believe that's the name of the movie. Queen and Slim. And it's like a movie about a, like what happens when a black man is tired of the police brutalizing him and trying to kill him every second and he finally takes power into his own hands and shoots the cop and now he's on the run with his ride or die like Bonnie and Clyde style like that movie looked like it's gonna be fire it like it's gonna be fire and I kind of like the movies that you know the get out guy I, forget, I don't know I forget his name I think he's British or something like that but I like the movies that he's taking on you know what I'm saying you feel me? Like I say, man, I love to see young black men and women getting money. And I especially love it like when we do impactful shit. You feel me? And that movie is going to be very impactful. It's really going to bring about like thoughts in our mind. Like, damn, like we need to be focused on other things other than what we focus on. Like all of us going out to the clubs, females just wanting to twerk all day long. Dudes just wanting to waste their money on frivolous shit. You feel me? Instead of investing into stuff that build us up and training ourselves like how to use a, a weapon and stuff like that to defend ourselves, not to just go out there and shoot aimlessly and do dumb shit, but on how to defend ourselves and knowing our rights and knowing the law and remaining calm underneath these situations, you feel me? We go out there and we, we trick off our money on dumb shit, you know what I'm saying? And it, look... A man do everything 
for a woman and a woman do a lot for a man. But right now in our in our culture in the in the black culture, we don't see a lot of us building each other. You know what I'm saying? We don't see a lot of it. We see some of it, but we don't see enough. In my idea, and and not in my idea, but in my opinion, compared to all of the negative shit we see tearing each other down. Like as soon as some black successful guy do something great, here come a million other black people trying to tear him down and throw stones at him and shit like that on top of the system trying to fuck him up. You know, then you got, you know, what possibly could be his family imploding on him because, you know, like I say, we ain't we ain't healed from slavery, segregation and all of the other stuff that we went through in this country. So it's like we got to play defense 100 percent of the time. And I think that that's like uh, fucked up, but we still manage to overcome. And that's what's so great about our spirit. But uh, that movie is just going to be like, to me, it's going to be very impactful in a sense that it's showing like, you know, black people like I think like all movies are somewhat uh, a play on reality and they sometimes spark ideas in people's minds. I'm not necessarily saying that black men should take uh, justice into their own hand, but like uh, I'm tired of us seeing us as victims a lot of the time too so i'm just gonna leave that right there where it's at you feel me take from that what you will um yeah but uh gucci man got a new album trash delusions of grandeur it's trash trust me i previewed it on spotify and um it's trash gucci like you're 40 years old bro like grow up knock it off you know, we don't want to hear about the trap and you having more money than other dudes. Like, he even said a line in one of his songs like, oh, my beef ain't getting crushed like Meek and Drake because, you know, too much blood out here in these streets or some goofy shit. Like, bro, you 40 years old, dog. Like, knock it the fuck off, bro. Like, at least 2 chains, I can respect him because he's funny. You know what I'm saying? He 40 and he talk, he, he talk still kind of trap shit, but he say it in a funny kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Like, he like that old head on the block that always still cracking jokes. You know he's a dope dealer. You know he didn't been through some stuff like that, some real shit. But he's still cracking jokes and he, he keeping a light mood. You feel me? Like he keep it light. Like Gucci, I know you didn't got on the, the Jenny Craig and you gotta go on this workout prison workout plan and you got a rock hard body. You know what I'm saying? But you know, tone that shit down, bro. And you know you're married. You're 40. You got kids probably grown kids or getting close to being grown you're gonna be a granddad in a few years come on do like do the smart thing like jay like Nas, and like so many other older rappers now and growing up in their music growing up with them you know or at least turn it more lighter you feel me like even ti he ain't talking about the trap no more and he the one who came out with trap music you feel me so yeah you got rick ross another old dude Got a new song out called Act the Fool. Uh, the song's fire. But I, I, Rick Ross, he from Miami. So older dudes in Miami, like, and he was never that guy to me that only talked about trap shit. You feel me? Rick Ross, if you listen closely to a lot of his music too, he talk about hustling and he talk about entrepreneurship as well. So he kind of got a different little take. He take he got 
a little bit of Gucci Mane in him, but he kind of taking a, a more, you know, educated approach to the trap because we all know Rick Ross wasn't really about that like he said he was because he was a correctional officer and you know he, he he brings that educated element to trap type style music and stuff like that um Chris Brown got the new no guidance album out Chris Brown makes so much fucking music I can't even keep up with him um but I know he got that that no guidance with uh off of that, I think it's Indigo. Or I don't know. Maybe the album called No Guidance. I like I said, he make too much music for me to keep up with. But I heard a song with him and Drake. I don't know if that's old or new or in between. But it was all right. Um, and he, like I say, Chris Brown always makes all right music, but he makes so much of it, it's hard to keep up with. Uh, Lil Nas X dropped a new album. I got to listen to it. Like I, like, I feel like he's going to be like one of those one-hit wonders. He ain't going to be able to top that Old Town Road. But he's going to make a couple other songs that's going to be okay. Uh, Gold Link's back. He got another album or another song out. Um, it's a conscious song. I know that. I can't remember the name of it, but I know it sounded conscious. Um, yeah, man. I just... Like, ain't nothing really wowing me since Nipsey passing right now. You feel me? Like, I'm, I'm waiting for another Kendrick album to drop. You know, another J. Cole album to drop. You know, the Drake's Championship Pack. Eh, eh. One song. You feel me? He only had two songs on it. So one song was straight. But the other song was like, eh, for me. Um, other than that, it's not really much to talk about in music for me. I know for a lot of people, they, they follow a lot of different, a lot of these newer generation artists. And they probably know more about this stuff than I do. But like I, I, I'm a guy that if a song sounds good or if an album is really, really good, like Richard Kid, oh, Richard Kid, his new album that he just dropped this year, it has some good songs on it, like Save That and stuff like that. But that that's old news. Um Yeah, but this new this new generation of artists. I say, man, if they ain't making no good music, if I don't hear that thing and that thing ain't popping, bro, you feel me? I don't really care for it, bro. You could tell me a million and one times like that, that I'm with the gang, I'm with the mob bullshit, that everybody be singing and they be playing that shit on the radio. That's the most annoying song in the world to me. With the, eh, eh, going on in the background all the time. I'm like, eh, shut the fuck up, bro. And as soon as somebody starts singing that shit in front of me, I'm in the gang, I want to slap the fuck out of them, bro. That's the most annoying, like that, like that's the type of music I be that that like just really kind of like get on my last fucking nerve because it's annoying, and, you know. But it's sticking a lot of people head and a lot of people singing all the goddamn time, and I can't see why. You feel me? But you know, it could. I could see why it would get stuck in your head. Let me tell you, but I could see why it would get stuck in your head because it's one of those songs that's just so annoying that it'll get stuck in your head. But I don't know how people like it. You know, and I'm not I'm not being a hater because, like I say, I love to see young black men and women, young black men and women getting money. But that song is annoying. That song is fucking annoying. And I just got to call a spade a spade when I hear some annoying shit. You feel me? I thought Kodak was annoying when he first came out, but then he came out with other other music that was like a vibe. It was really vibing. So 
You know what I'm saying? Kodak got a thumbs up from me, but I would still critique him to this day. I don't give a fuck if he from Florida or not. You know, look, uh, uh, XX and Tacion. I didn't like him when he first came out. I didn't like, um, what's the boy, boy who just went to jail for murder? Uh, YNW Melly. I didn't like him when he came out. But then I listened to some of his music. Some of his music was more tolerable. You feel me? So, you know, like, after a while, they grew on me. But I don't care what the fuck you say. I don't even know who that artist is. I don't want to know who they is. That song is going to annoy me for the rest of my life. And I don't want to hear it ever again after this year. Okay? That's how I feel about that. Um, yeah. That's what's really going on on Crash Culture. Uh, that, that's pretty much a show, ladies and gentlemen. Like I say, we're gonna be we're gonna be doing this separate from the YouTube channel. Like some of the topics we're gonna be covering on here, we're not gonna be having time to cover on YouTube because YouTube, I want to keep it short and entertaining or interesting. And you know, we're gonna have the Crash Culture TV and the Crash Culture the podcast show. You know, separate but the same at the same time. Because some of the subjects we're going, we're going to have, you know, talked about by me specifically on here. You know, but the 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 channel is going to be me with my co-host, also with other people of me and him, or me interviewing them. You know what I'm saying? Interviewing whoever wants to come on and and, and talk about whatever subject that they have expertise in right now like i want to talk to people that got like businesses or something that you really like specialize in you know something that you 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 very you you know a lot of knowledge about it you know what i'm saying i just don't want to have random people come on and and tell me their life story about bullshit that nobody care about come on and talk about your hair and nail hair and nails business and how many clients you got coming to you trying to get the, the homie discount you know what i'm saying because we can all relate to that all entrepreneurs can relate to that i have so many people coming to me trying to get free artwork done and i and that's just not how life works i gotta pay bills i gotta pay i had to pay for the knowledge to be able to learn how to do that just like you and i'm pretty sure that these females had to some way uh exchange time which is basically a, a form of payment in order to learn how to do these these other females' hair, and you know, or talk about your your hip hop, you know, career if you aspire to be a rapper, or your singing career if you aspire you aspire to be a singer. Just come ready with a talent and a topic that you want to talk about that pertains to that talent, or something that you just know a lot about, you know. So, yeah, this is Crash Culture the podcast show. And I'm your host, Bam Bambino. Otherwise, Bam, holla at y'all later. Mm-hmm.